So can you be rooted in Appalachia and also in between places at the same time? That's what this conversation is about. I get to speak to author Lucy Bryan. She just put out this year a book earlier this summer, In Between Places, and it's a memoir and essays. It's a really great read. Actually, just finished all of it um, a couple of weeks ago, and it was an excellent dive. It made me think about a lot of different themes and elements, grief, love, loss, transformation, and the wilderness. So a little bit about the author here. In her late 20s, writer and naturalist Lucy Bryan found herself in between places. Her marriage to her first love had crumbled. Her beloved father had died of cancer. Doubt had supplanted the faith that had guided her since childhood. Uprooted and adrift, she turned to the natural world in search of meaning, connection, and a renewed sense of self. So let's take a listen to my conversation with Lucy as we talk about Appalachia and the roots that it provides. So I'm here with Lucy Bryan. Um, Lucy, tell me a little bit about where you're from, where you're at, and and who you are. Okay. Yeah, well, I am a writer and an adventurer, a mom, a teacher, a lover of all things wild. Um, and I'm originally from Orlando, Florida, and that's where I grew up. But I've also spent significant chunks of time in North Carolina and Pennsylvania. And uh, currently, I split my time between Virginia's Shenandoah Valley, which is um, where I teach at James Madison University, and Coshocton County, Ohio, which is where my husband grew up. And we have a little cabin there. And in Ohio, I guess, what what part is that? Is that like... That is like southeast-ish Ohio, so we're about an hour and a half east of Columbus and about an hour south of the Canton-Akron area. So, so it's the hilly hilly part of Ohio. Okay, um, that's what I was getting at. Is it kind of the foothills? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. it's actually part of Appalachia. All right. So how perfect that you know I'm you are spending all of your time in Appalachia. Um, when you count both areas. So yeah, this is a a perfect uh, time to ask you about it and even maybe talk about the differences that you see with the the two Mm. spaces. Um, Do you say Appalachia or Appalachia? I say Appalachia. I feel like like I grew up saying Appalachia. um, And then at some point it shifted, like maybe after I spent more time in North Carolina. Um, So I say Appalachia now. I, yeah, I, I'm not sure where I got the pronunciation. It's just uh, kind of osmosis. Came to- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do have roots there. My maternal grandmother is from southwestern Virginia um, and sort of coal country there. Her dad was a rural mail carrier. Um, and um, my paternal grandfather is also from the Appalachian foothills of Tennessee. So right around Cleveland, Tennessee. Did they pass on any stories as you grew up? What kinds of things did you hear about? I definitely heard more, I think, from my my grandmother. Um, you know, 
she grew up poor and was the first in her family to graduate from high school. And we, we even got to go visit at some point the old family homestead um, and the old house, which had remained in the family for a while. And so, you know, there are, are definitely some interesting stories, some of them dark. Uh, she had a, a little sister die of meningitis. So it was just like a very different time. Um, yeah, I think that's really true. I, I feel, you know, I've done some research, of course, you know, ancestry and then like my dad grew up with his aunts and uncles, actually, because his father died uh, young in the oil fields of Texas, actually, right after he was born. But you see, and then also as you hike, right, in the cemeteries and all, um, I've been to Shenandoah, but, you know, mostly the Smokies and you see the family cemeteries that are mm -hmm. part of the park. And you see, you know, all the different, you know, young children who die. So I feel like, you know, Appalachian people, um, and I'm sure it's all over the place, right? But you kind of hear, have that sense of like they have lived with loss. And yes. it was part of, of the fabric, right, of their life. Yeah, I think um, there's definitely some hard living in terms of, you know, poverty and access to healthcare and, um, you know, and things like alcoholism um, that, you know, are all of those things are still around today in Appalachia. Mm -hmm. And of course we have the opioid addiction now in addition to all of that. Um, but I think, you know, those are, are definitely sort of present over time. But along with all the, you know, beautiful stories of family and community and music and, you know, storytelling and all the sort of vibrant things that come out of those cultures as well. So it's it's not all lost, but I think um, loss is definitely a part of it. It certainly is um, in, you know, the Shenandoah region where, you know, the national park itself, Shenandoah National Park, um, you know, the, the people who were living there were removed forcibly so the park could be created. And so even that is a really sort of interesting story of loss. And there was a, a sort of slander campaign, you know, to portray these people as, you know, hillbillies and backwards and, you know, so that I guess to justify their removal. Of course, their ancestors had also removed the indigenous Americans who were living there. So it's a sort of history repeating itself, but um, but definitely some interesting, interesting history. And it's, you know, clearly expresses itself um, today in, in some similar ways. Yeah, no, that's an interesting part about the, you know, the legacy of the area of both Shenandoah and the Great Smoky Mountains of the displacement of people. And, and I don't know enough about the Shenandoah Park to know. I mean, I know in certain uh, places in at least in certain sections of the Great Smoky Mountains, there were people that, you know, they sold their land, but they said, OK, well, you can live on here, you know, till you pass kind of situation. But it still is, uh, you know. It's a very sad thought, you know, as you go through these places that, you know, there's people that, you know, this was their home, their land, the love of, you know, of their life in that sense. And, and, you know, had to have that taken away. So yeah, lots of, lots of comparisons 
uh, like you said, through the history of, of the United States as we know it. Yes. Yeah. Well, our identities are so tied up in our places, you know, and, and to, to lose that is to lose, you know, so much of your, your history, your traditions, um, that, you know, sense of being tethered to, to the earth and your ancestors and all of that. So it's, um, you know, a place is pretty powerful. So, um, and it's interesting um, because it, you know, kind of can maybe go into uh, your book and uh, what's the title of it again? So the title is In Between Places, A Memoir and Essays. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of kind of loaded thoughts that can come with that uh, in between places, you know, as we're talking about time and space and land and, uh, and you know, our own kind of makeup of ourselves and the construct of, I guess, you know, places because they are both, you know, past, present, future, mm-hmm. all of that intertwined. So how do you relate kind of if, you know, if I tie it back, you know, to Appalachia, how does, you know, what does Appalachia in that context mean to you? So I think, I mean, Appalachia, holds a lot of meanings for me. Um, you know, I mentioned my my roots there. And so there's that sort of sense of it being an ancestral home um, and also my current home. Um, but I also have all of these memories. Um, my, my family would go to um, the Blue Ridge Mountains every summer for a couple of weeks. And, you know, coming from Florida, just being in the mountains, we'd roll down the window and be like, oh, the smell, you know, there's this like sweet grassy, you know, mountain air, you know, and I still sometimes catch a whiff of that. And it's, you know, really evocative. Um, And so, you know, those early memories of like, looking for crawdads in the creek and, you know, going down to the rock shop and, and things like that. Um, and then, you know, my first backpacking trip was in Great Smoky Mountains National Park with my dad. I was either 13 or 14. It's the summer after my eighth grade year. And, um, you know, I've had many, many backpacking and hiking adventures since um, all, all up and down um, the Appalachian Mountains, you know, from Pennsylvania down to Georgia, I'd say. And so I feel sort of connected to to those places um, and the adventures I've had there. Um, but it's also, interestingly, those experiences of going, going to the woods, going to the wild places in Appalachia, um, that is where I have felt a sense of connection and rootedness when I've otherwise felt sort of adrift in my life. And that's, that's something um, I explore in my book. I began writing the book when I um, was in my late twenties and I, my first marriage had crumbled. My father had died. I didn't know where my life was going or who I was. And so I just really started spending a lot of time um, in the outdoors. And that's where I found myself, but not just myself. Um, you know, I was able to connect to other people. I was able to connect to 
the wildlife and um, the plant life and the natural history and the geologic history of these places. And um, I often found the places sort of speaking to me and and giving me a kind of um, wisdom or perspective that really helped me um, to make sense of what was going on um, in my life and in the broader world. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd read one of your essays um, actually titled the same as your book in between mm -hmm. uh, places. And and it was, you know, you uh, taking your brother, which uh, he's a lot younger than you. Mm -hmm. um, I know you said you were both like the bookends is what your family called yes. you. You're the oldest. <laughs> he's the baby. And, uh, you know, after your father's death, um, wanting to share those experiences and pass on some of the legacy, I guess, that your father had done with the older children of uh, of the love of the outdoors. So you're also, you know, kind of sharing that connection or using the connection with your brother to kind of, uh, I guess, explore and and bring all of that, you know, together, kind of passing it along. So how do you feel the outdoors in Appalachia, because you guys were in West Virginia and, and Dolly's Hods, how did that place, I guess, help facilitate it? Yeah, that um, that place and that trip um, were both very intense. Um, I love Dolly's Hods. There is really like, there's no place like it. I feel like on the Eastern seaboard until you get up into Canada, because there are these, there are these sort of like tundra, like heath barrens and cranberry bogs and things that you just don't normally see at this latitude um, and just really wild weather. And so, you know, we went to spend this time in the outdoors and um, it was just, the trip itself was a very intense experience we we got lost on the first day and then on the second day my brother disappeared for three hours he was just out wandering around but I totally freaked out and thought he was dead somewhere and um and then you know throughout the trip we had these like torrential downpours and uh you know we we also in addition to sort of the physical extremeness um, we were having these really deep conversations about identity about grief about sort of feeling feeling lost uh, about missing our dad um and so you know the way that the place spoke to me is that dolly sods itself has this incredible history of loss um where you know after um the Native American inhabitants were pushed out. Uh, eventually, white settlers came in and they just logged the heck out of the place. They raised it. Um, and so they took all these, you know, there used to be spruces with like four foot thick trunks and, um, you know, those don't exist anymore. Um, and and so then what happened is that the the forest floor, which was this sort of thick layer of, you know, loam, um, it burned. Um, I think it was I think it was lightning ignited fires. I could be wrong about that. And it burned all the way down to the rock. And so it's just kind of this like moonscape. Um, the Civilian Conservation Corps came in during the Great Depression and did some work to reforest it. Um, but then during World War II, 
they used it as a training ground and they would drop like missiles and bombs. And in fact, if you go today, they, they still warn you, like, be alert. There could be, you know, artillery um, around and don't touch anything that might explode. And so, <laughs> um, and so, you know, this is a place that has like, you know, really experienced loss and, and dramatic change, but it is incredibly beautiful and wild and resilient. And, you know, I think for me, um, being there and seeing that it just felt like this is, this is how you deal with grief. This is how you deal with death. Um, you know, you, you accept it and you become something else. And, um, yeah, so I, I sort of walked away from that trip with this sort of really profound sense of um, being able to, to move forward. Of course, everyone processes grief differently, and it's not really a, a straight line, as we know, um, and, you know, kind of comes in the waves and uh, the different kind of breaks that come over you. Um, but I do think that the outdoors can definitely transform the grief. And that's kind of what I'm hearing as, as you talk through that, that the experience you and your brother had did transform kind of what you were dealing with, all the, the way you were processing it and, you know, how you came out, uh, from, you know, that experience. Yeah, I, I definitely think it did. Um, and it's hard to pinpoint like exactly what it was about the place or even the dynamics of, you know, experiencing this with my brother in this place and being able to sort of connect on a deeper level with him as we went through, you know, all these sort of wild experiences on the trip. Um, but I, I do feel like, yeah, there's also just this like deep sense of like calm that comes over me when I, when I'm in the woods and I, I think I'm able to process and hear things in ways that I can't in a life that's more filled with noise and busyness. And so, you know, that's probably part of the, the dynamic as well. Um, and so, yeah, but I, I do feel like you know, and of course I still, I still feel gr grief, um, and, and miss my dad so much, you know, but I do feel like this was, you know, a turning point for me. And also I think a shift in my relationship with my brother who had always been, he's 12 years younger. When we took this trip, he was 19 and I was 31 and, you know, he sort of stopped being like, a kid or a baby to me and was like this is like a young man who's finding his own way and we both were in these times of transition you know he was in college and sort of trying to find his way um, I had just gotten my current job and moved to Virginia and um, was engaged to be married I'd fallen in love again and was sort of getting ready to embark on on this new you know, step in my life. And uh, so, you know, both of us were in between places, um, both, you know, physically and existentially. And I think, 
being in Dolly's sides allowed me to sort of see the beauty of that in-betweenness um, and to be able to say like, this is where I am and I can be present in this. And, um, you know, I, I can feel grief when I need to feel grief and I can feel joy and, um, you know, whatever my brother and I were before our father passed or before we took this trip even, um, you know, we weren't anymore and that, that was okay. Um, it was okay to change. Yeah. I think that's a lot to take in, right? That's a lot to take in to experience. And then, um, I'm sure it, you didn't, it didn't, you know, kind of hit you right away, right? Like it's a transformative process where you're kind of reflecting. And as you wrote, I think probably reflecting and learning and um, applying it all. So um, if you were to, I guess, sum up how Appalachia, how is it impacting you now? Yeah, I think... um you know, I definitely, when I, when I hear or think of Appalachia now, I, you know, the first thing that comes to mind are, are these, these wild places or even the wild outside my front door. So, so where I am in Ohio, you know, I can walk into the woods and um, this week I just found some morel mushrooms, you know, or we get chanterelles in July or, you know, I, I look at what flowers are blooming or, you know, listen to the birds. Um, and so I definitely think it is Appalachia for me means this deep connection to place and, um, you know, moving back and forth between Virginia and Ohio, sometimes it's this feeling of like, you know, I'm not really rooted. Um, but all I really have to do is walk into the mountains um, or into the woods and I feel rooted. I, I feel that sense of home and that sense of groundedness. Um, and so I think that's, that's what Appalachia is to me. Um, yeah. So my book in between places, a memoir and essays um, can be ordered directly from the publisher that's homebound publications. And it's always great to support small presses um, and this press is doing great work and they will plant a tree um, if you buy directly for their web through their website um, but you can also find it on amazon you can find it on bookshop.org and there is an audiobook on audible well this is good i'm glad you uh you chatted with me i hope yeah thank you so yeah. much it was a real pleasure and um happy to um, talk again if you want to sometime and wishing you luck with this project and thank you you know a sense of connection to your dad as you do it that seems like a really a really meaningful thing to get to do so I hope I hope also the the form uh, presents itself as you have these conversations thanks again Lucy for coming on today and chatting with me about your new book and about how Appalachia has impacted you through your life. For listeners, if you're listening to this when it first came out, you're going to want to check my social media accounts because I have a book from Lucy, her new book in between places that I am giving away. So check for that. Also check the show notes so that you can follow Lucy, 
find out what's going on. I have a list of dates of upcoming book events in the notes, but of course you're going to want to follow her on social media so that you can get informed first. You can find me at The Hike Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or email me hikepodcast at gmail.com. So until next time, see you on the trail. <laughs>